Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 137 of the Picus Ready podcast. I am, as always, one of your hosts, Emilson, and joining me, we have my co-host, Anomaly. Hello, hello. And uh, Dragonflight releases tomorrow. To less, well, I would say less than 20. It's about, what is it, 20, 20, or 30 hours or so from now, right? Yeah. Launched at six or so. It's about 30 hours. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it is upon us. Yeah. So if you're, the final day. Basically. If you are listening to this, uh, the day that, like, it goes up on YouTube and in audio form on the podcast sites, um, Dragonflight launches today. <laughs> yeah. Probably Better like ready. An, an hour to two hours after this goes live. Uh, if you're watching us live, obviously, it's tomorrow. Hello. Thank you for watching. What's up? What's up? Um, but yeah, we have the final part of our kind of retrospective of Shadowlands that we're going to wrap up. Season three and season four is kind of very fresh in our minds. And yeah. there's a lot to talk about, but a lot that we have talked about relatively recently. So I think we're going to do a little bit more skimming because we also have some Dragonflight stuff to talk about at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be, God, season three and four altogether. I didn't realize how short, when I was doing this, I didn't realize how short season three was in the grand scheme of things. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I guess, I guess maybe we can talk a little bit. How was, how was your final rate? I, I don't know. Are you rating tonight? How was your final raid week, I guess, or final uh, raid? You know, we killed, so we actually, we got a lockout from Anomaly. <laughs> uh, and we just went and killed Denathrius. Somebody needed Denathrius for their portals. Um, oh, okay. So our final raid week of the expansion, we went back and we killed the best boss of the expansion for one final time. We went back and killed Sire Denathrius. Um, fight's still great. Uh, definitely like yeah. a, a little bit of a poetic ending to Shadowlands that that we that was what we were doing on our final raid week. So we're not raiding tonight. It's a night off. Expansion releases tomorrow. Uh, and everybody is like in prep mode for that, like very excited. It's, it's a good time. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. We did, we did our, we did our typical, we did Mount run. So we had, I guess we didn't kill jailer the week before. So we just, we went in and killed jailer for, for two bounce sales on Tuesday. Uh, and then cleared, uh, cleared to Sylvanas and did another two Sylvanas kills. Um, ran into a fun issue on, uh on jailer actually one of our our we have a dk that's actually quitting um and so he was in just a like final raid or whatever and right. he had not learned the did not, or the jailer mount yet oh boy so he actually got the loot for the jailer mount <laughs> we had thought everybody had it so um yeah he had yeah, to uh trade it. had to learn it and then like p- like pick up the one off the body or sorry I think oh because it's it. unique <laughs> yeah, he had to, he had to delete it out of his bags, then loot it off the body, and then like trade it to the person, and then do an item or sort to get them. Oh, back is this the person that just has all the items for all the no. in their bag? <laughs> no, that's a that's our hunter who's not quitting. He's still playing with us, but um, yeah, it wasn't him. It was it was our DK, which I thought was funny. So yeah, but other than that, it was a smooth. I think I mean we were in and out. Like I think we were done by nine thirty. And we started eight, so it was like an hour and a half to clear all that. So nice little easy final raid week and then spent the rest of the week sort of prepping. So um, I did a bunch of like behind the scenes stuff for like getting people set up, what people are playing from a healer perspective in my guild and getting ready for the the push to to what 70 uh, tomorrow. So yeah, yeah. Fun. It's so fun. We- I love what we have. So we have some last people swapping around, too, which is always great. 
Um, yeah. So trying to keep all that all that together. I, I think we talked about this at the end, but I'm curious to uh, touch base again on what you all are doing, like what what people in your guild are doing for leveling and stuff. Um, but once we once we get to the end, we're talking about dragonflight stuff. I think I think that's yeah. Where we can we yeah. wrap up is like leveling stuff. Yeah, we can touch on that there. Yeah, for sure. So, um, so cool. So I guess maybe we'll do a quick little week in review and then jump into the patch up. Because there wasn't that, I mean, honestly, not that much this week. I think I did want to touch on, before we jump into the official things, there's a couple more interviews that came out. We're probably not going to talk about them because we talked about a bunch of interviews last week and really no new crazy news from like there's an Ian yeah. and Annie um, interview and there's a couple of, there's like one lore interview uh, with Noble talking about the story. Um, and there's something else, but not anything major from an announcement perspective there. Um, for Dragonflight. So two things, though, for this week. Number one, World of Warcraft launched uh, November 23rd, 2004, which is 18 years ago. Um, yeah. So crazy to think people are playing this game that were not alive when the game actually came or launched. Um, I, Funnily enough, I did not play at launch. I don't know about... Well, I know I, I, I know you didn't, but... Yeah. Um, I did not play until... I got I got the game in December, so like a couple weeks after launch. So I missed the whole launch fun and, and all that type of stuff. But, um, you mean you mean the thing where you couldn't log into the game because yeah. the servers were down all the time? Exactly, missed out on a lot of free game time. I I don't know if like that was that was a thing Blizzard used to do is like if servers were down for a day, you just got a free day of game time. Yeah. So there was like I think at one point they were down like the server I was on was down for like two or three days, and they gave us a whole month for free. At the time, being a poor college student i was really excited about that because like yeah. it meant yeah. i could uh could afford to play for another month um but yeah no uh game came out 18 years ago it was super crazy it'll be it'll be interesting to see if they do something like i'm excited to see what 20 years looks like particularly in terms of like maybe an event and and stuff that they do um yeah. i know for 10 years they gave a like i this is like oh god how old i am but if you had a sub for 10 years you got a you got the, the um, statue. ragnaros statue yeah. which is really cool and then I got an orc statue too, or no, not Ragnaros, the orc statue, um, on the on the horse or whatever. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, hopefully maybe they do something for twenty years. Kept my sub up, so. Um, but yeah, World of Warcraft, very very old. Um, the other thing that came out this week is the big, I guess maybe it's the first video of a series that Preach is doing, but the big Preach interview. So if you don't know Preach, he's a content creator primarily for WoW up until about a year ago when he basically quit doing WoW content right around the time of the scandal. So a lot of the the, the sexual like assaults, allegations that came out. Um, I think along with the fact that he wasn't the biggest fan of the game at that point. Yeah, Shadowlands was not... Yeah. It was like, we, we were very negative on patch, you know, 9.0 and yeah. 9.1. And that's not unique to us. Um, so a combination of that and the sexual harassment stuff um he just kind of said i'm done with wow for yeah. until they clean up house i guess and went and did other games so he's been doing final fantasy stuff he's been doing guild wars 2 stuff other games like that um yep. checking them out kind of surveying the space uh which i think is actually really neat because it gives a lot of perspective if you haven't played other mmos like if you've only played wow there's a lot of um interesting things that you can pick up from other games even on like a personal like opinion level, like I've never been, I was always kind of opposed to personal housing on like a, like this doesn't seem very interesting kind of gameplay level. That was just right. my opinion. And we have a guild house in Final Fantasy, right? And uh, honestly, you know, cool. personal, personal housing, I, I could take your leave, but the guild house is cool as hell. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So preach, um, has come back. Well, I guess kind of come back, but basically he like flew himself out there, flew out, I think some folks to help him film some, some staff and basically spent a week at blizzard interviewing a bunch of people, not only current blizzard sort of employees, um, like Ian Morgan day, um, he even interviewed Holly, and I forget the other gentleman's name, but basically the this the vice president of all of Warcraft, and then Holly, who is the vice president or executive vice president of um, of World of Warcraft specifically. Um, and so interviewed them. Also interviewed Lore, who was the old community manager, who has since left Blizzard at this point. Um, really interesting. So if you want to get a sort of an inside look uh, at Blizzard, how they think about things, um, go check it out. I mean, I think people are generally probably like. I don't know. A lot of the, some of the comments I saw are a little bit negative. Like this is just a PR piece for Blizzard, which is I think one way to look at it. But I think the other thing is like it gives you sort of an idea of how they think about a little bit more of like how they think about expansions and doing the development and stuff like that. And like yeah, I think a little bit more in like a, a relaxed setting, which is cool. Um, I will say the most interesting part is actually the opening probably twenty minutes where they talk about classic, which is like yeah. the idea of like they were like, yeah, we'll do classic people play for two months and that'll be it. Like, it'll be like our little pet project. We'll probably lose a bunch of money on it, but whatever our fans really want it. Like our hardcore fans really want it. Not realizing like classic is like probably the reason Warcraft has like kept its sub numbers up, right? Is is right. just because of that. So um, I found that pretty interesting. I think there's a lot of interest. I, I think there's basically two interesting things about overall design uh, that pop up later. Um, and... One of them is the kind of like switch where they did very explicitly in Warlords of Draenor a switch over to what they called modular design, where something was designed to be only a part of that one expansion and then they move on from it. Mm -hmm. um, and the implications of that, the reasons they did it, and also comments on their development timeline and why they have been so re slow to react to the issues with, you know, artifact power and things like that. Yeah. Um, and then there's also a comment about leveling that I we might come back to later. There's another hour plus long video that came out this week that, uh, you know, was also very interesting. Not any interview though, just yeah. interesting. In opinion, yeah. The 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 dev timeline thing. So like that was so like the example they give is actually the the BFA artifact power, um, with or sorry, uh, Azurite power with like Legion's artifact power and the fact that like. Right. When they launched Legion, they were pretty much producing BFA, meaning like they right. were building features, like putting together the major systems already at that point. So like it's one of those things where like I didn't realize the timeline was that long. Like yeah. I had known that they started thinking about expansions, you know, even you know they'd be two expansions ahead, and maybe like starting like initial design on the next expansion as they launched the current one. But they were saying like we were like laying the groundwork for Azurite power and like building that into like everything, even as Legion launched. So like. Legion initially launched, everyone loved artifact power. Like everyone thought it was great. Oh, it's something to do. And it wasn't until the end of Legion where people were like, this is a grind. This is annoying. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to have to like every day log in and get this stuff. Yeah. And at that point, it's way too late to change what they built for BFA. So BFA, right. we had Azurite power because of even like, yeah. as a even among the high-end community, like I think the initial response to artifact power was good up until you started hitting stuff like Nighthold, where people needed to grind to yeah. get that final five points uh that were really impactful um but early legion you know you you didn't need that much artifact power to get all your new traits every week it was kind of great yeah you know that honeymoon period where the system was really really humming along nicely yeah um so yeah 
That was, and uh, I, I guess for anybody that's curious, this is not a uniquely Blizzard thing. Um, interestingly, uh, the set design for Magic the Gathering operates on a similar about two years in advance timeline. So when they have issues as well, sometimes they are also rather slow to respond to them in terms of design mm-hmm. um, because of just the fact that they are like when a set releases um, the two, three, four sets that are coming after for the next year uh, ha- are already very late in the stage of development. Yeah. Yeah. And then the whole modular design idea that you mentioned is like, is interesting in that the reasoning they did it that way was because they thought they were going to have a like system bloat. So they wanted right. to build systems that would end. So you didn't, you didn't have a new player start in BFA and have to learn every system from Legion, from Cataclysm, from WAD, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I get that aspect of it. And I think that's one of the, maybe the, the communication things they could have done better, which is like people look, viewed yeah. like Warfronts or even islands as like a thing that like in an expansion that was thrown away. But like, they talk about like there's tech from all of that stuff yeah. that like makes it into like the next iteration. Like, so like Torghast is built on top of tech that started with islands, right? Like there's, right. there's some of that there. Um, so yeah, and, so I mean, it's, I don't know. It's, it's an interesting like behind the scenes look, I think that's a little yeah. bit different than like the canned interview questions we get from like the Twitch streams of like, people. and that's like, that's actually one of the um, interesting things I think about these interviews is that one of the stipulations that preach made uh, that he was able to make because he's actually such a kind of high profile figure in the community mm-hmm. uh, is that they wouldn't be like pre-approved lists of questions in cans interviews. So yeah. It's, um, I mean, he's not, he's not one of the, uh, kind of interviewers that's going to try and throw some gotcha questions at them. I don't think, um, yeah, it's like throwing one of the bus or anything like that. Right. But that does mean that we're probably going to get some, uh, people, people say like people talk, people say things that maybe they wouldn't have if it had to go through PR review first for a pre-canned response to a pre uh pre-approved question yeah. right um not that that's like bad like i've made it sound bad but it, it people will be more like genuine and will give a more straightforward answer even if it's by way of a meandering statement right uh if they don't have pr go over their answers first exactly exactly or even get like a chance to like preview them right because you can so even if you don't have pr go over your answers if you can think about something you might change the way you'd answer it versus like in the moment or like yeah. what you're feeling so yeah. no yeah it was a it's a good it's what an hour and 10 or hour and 15 minutes something like that it's a yeah. decent watch and i know that he he mentioned at the end there are like other maybe single interviews that are going to come out so this is sort of like more of like an overview of his whole week at blizzard so it's like parts yeah. of interviews from a bunch of different people it seemed like he's going to sort of publish like single interviews with certain folks like all the way through, which will be be cool. Yeah. In addition to obviously this podcast, it makes your great listening material while you are leveling in Dragonflight. Yeah. But we have 136 episodes or 37 episodes you can listen to. Yes. Uh, if yes. you want. Of course. Um, starting with this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so cool. Uh, so that's basically it for the, for the sort of the weekend review. Um, not too much, like I said, else happened. So um, maybe we start looking at, there are hotfix things. We are going to talk about them more towards the end. We're going to kind of go in chronological order here. We're going to start with our our retro stuff from Season 3, Season 4, 
And then we're going to get into Dragonflight stuff, including the Brewmaster Mistweaver changes. Yep, which were good. Uh, at least for Mistweaver. I don't know about Brewmaster. I'm assuming yeah. they're good. Uh, we'll talk fair about enough. it. Fair enough. Um, so, yeah, so cool. So 9.2 retrospective. Um, oh, man. So this was, the this was of course, this is the Zareth Mortis, Sepulcher, Patch, you know, Creation Catalyst, Tier Sets Back, all that fun stuff. Um and yeah, um, this was the patch after the ripcord was being pulled. So it's uh, it's got it's a lot different. of, I think, a um, lot of interesting things. I guess we sort of just sort of go down maybe the, the list that I had and sort of talk a little bit about it. But um, yeah, I mean, first up, like with any patch, there's a new zone. The new zone was, of course, Zareth Mortis. Um, very similar, sort of a, a little bit different than Corthia, I'll say. And like we talked about Corthia last week, very convoluted in what you need to do. I think Zareth Mortis was a little bit more straightforward, um, yeah. a little bit more guided in terms of like how you approach the zone. Um, it and was, yeah, I mean, it, at the same okay. time, it was fairly, it was fairly freeform as well, right? Um, yeah. Once you got through the campaign quests, uh, you needed to get reputation in order to get the ability to recraft your unity legendary at a higher item level on whatever slot you you know wanted to put it on mm-hmm. um and you could kind of just do anything it didn't even necessarily be need to be stuff in the zone i uh, actually no, i take that back for rep you needed to do stuff in the zone yeah for um for the currency that you needed uh you could do anything you could do keys you could do um raids you could do pvp uh mm-hmm. anything really that you know was an end game activity like i think even battlegrounds gave cosmic flux i believe they did i have not done a battleground since uh the beginning of the expansion so i don't know for sure but i think they did um but yeah this also kind of marks and this came up actually in the preach interview um, yeah. funnily enough, marks uh, a little bit of a shift in their design where the if you compare Corthia to and the Maw to this, like Corthia and the Maw are and Torghast are all obvious or had been designed to be this thing that you did every day, all the right. time, the whole patch. You were not supposed to finish them, really. You were, sp- I mean, you could, but it would be like the end of the patch and you would take three four weeks off and then you have new patch new content and another daily grind to do right um with zareth mortis the only thing that you needed to do for power really was reach revered reputation um which meant going through the campaign the campaign give a significant amount of reputation um and then really you would do your like world quests every day um yeah not the daily quests the daily quests were kind of bait they gave either no like sometimes in some cases literally no reputation or very little reputation they were pretty much all worth skipping yeah uh but the world quests were the the thing you did and then at the end of your like two weeks or three weeks uh you were done yeah no more power yeah and it even had like a cool like side um like grind if you wanted to do it which is for like your little pococo thing yeah and so like the the research and stuff you could do there of like four different tracks and you know you could eventually get enough points to get everything and all those tracks but right no it was um it was a cool zone it, it sort of went back to like not went back but like it um 
it had a lot of not only was it very freeform, but it had a lot of collectible stuff in it, which I don't think right. like I didn't inter like I interacted with this a little bit, but like it had the whole protoform synthesis system, which was like right. where you could craft mounts or pets and like a huge amount of them. Yeah. <laughs> right. There's- if, if you're going for one of the mount achievements, that's actually, I, it's probably no longer a good way because I'm sure all of the materials are now crazy expensive because people are going to be trying to, you know, finish off their collections and such. But for yeah. a while, it was like a great way to just pad your mount count or your pet yeah. count if you're going for one of those achievements. Um, and uh, like I know Sinzu, uh, fellow peak person Sinzu, uh, I think has 100% of them. Like, oh wow he he went through the system uh and but at the same time it was completely optional like i didn't i didn't touch it i've got a quest for it still in my bags well i haven't <laughs> done but i'm probably just gonna I've, delete i've crafted a couple amounts like when i get because like you need like to actually craft amounts you need like the green regular currency that drops from everything and then you need like specific like green something i don't forget what they're called they look like star maps um right the actual icon and then you need like a, a common reagent, like a blue reagent. And so like whenever I get like one of those like green like star map things, I'll like see if I have the other reagents for it and like just make them out because it's like right. easy it's, enough. But yeah, yeah, I think the only I think I targeted one mount, which was the uh, there's there's a cool spider model mount, like a spider okay. mech thing, uh, yeah. like protogenic um, sort of style spider. And then there's like a, a wasp mount. Which I thought was cool. Um, yeah. Bug mount. Like uh, so so that's really a, a very noticeable difference from like a player perspective. Um, and we'll talk about the raid and the tuning stuff there, but I think really the only reason that the raid was bearable was the fact that we didn't have to log in every day and do stuff yeah. after the first yeah. couple of weeks. Like, uh, so the typical patch cadence applies here. We had patch release. There's no new raid open or anything. Just one week, new patch, just go mm-hmm. do this go do the rep stuff go do the dungeons all that kind of thing um actually not even do dungeon effects so it's still old dungeons yeah um and then uh heroic release week and then mythic release week and i guess we can kind of get into the raid stuff a little bit unless you want to get into torghast first uh yeah we can talk maybe a little bit about like so Torghast didn't actually have too many changes uh coming into this um right. the only thing they added was like a new boss rush mode which yeah. i think i did once or twice um where um, like you basically have like eight what is it uh like you basically go through like eight different layers or eight different yeah. levels and like they're increasingly harder and harder uh boss encounters and so it was a cool like new thing as a part of Torghast i didn't I think I did it once for just the achievements. Yeah. Um, and that was it. I'd forgotten about it, to be completely honest with you, until I did the notes for this. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I have actually never even zoned into that. Okay. It's not that exciting. Um, and the reason for that is actually, like, Brewmaster is not one of the specs of the game that is good at killing those bosses. It's good at living the bosses, but they're right. just really slow slogs. And um, the touch of death build that like makes it bearable uh, in regular Torghast, you really kind of can't do because it relies on f- stacking things up by killing a bunch of mobs. Uh, yeah. You can get the powers that make it work. It's actually fairly easy to do in the boss rush mode from what I understand because you get a bunch of extra powers. Yep. Um, but you can't 
stack it up because you can't go and kill like whole floors of trash right um which like that that's the fun part of torgas as a brewmaster is you get your no cooldown ideally aoe touch of death and then you just like murder entire floors (laughs) um rush and then you get to the end and you hit fort brew and you have eight million health and you one shot the boss that's the fun part you cannot reach that part in the boss rush mode um and really like i think tanks are some of the like easiest slash best if you want to get the achievements from it um, yeah. because they're just like you 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 won't get randomly one shot by stuff basically it is, it's much harder to do than than on the dps class but um, at the same time i think it's also the most boring yeah no i can see that yeah so i, I did it on my misweaver i think with like a mate like my mage pal um sort of went through it and yeah it's just more torgast it's like an interesting sort of mode they added but like again it's one of those things where like if you liked the boss rush you'd like it but there's there's no specific reason to do Torghast because the one thing you typically would have needed, like the cosmic flux dropped from everything else. So it was like, yeah. you got to and pick what activity. Quantities. Yeah. Yeah. You get to pick what activity you did. So, um, so yeah, there was, there was that. I'm trying to think the only other thing before we get into the raid is just the, the new legendary. So like unity, you mentioned it came from yeah. Zareth Mortis. So unity was your sort of double legendary thing with this patch where like unity basically yeah. gave you whatever your covenant specific legendary power was. Um, and then you could equip a second legendary that was sort of a, a class or spec specific one. Yeah. Um, and I know I complained about this at release time that Brewmasters didn't have good Covenant legendaries. And I yeah. stand by that. Um, it was a much bigger increase for some classes and specs than others, like yeah. Mistweaver. Yeah, it was not it was nice to have Fallen Order plus uh Plus, um, plus whatever else, like uh, so, ancient teachings, so, right? Yeah, you play like ancient teachings plus your fallen order legendary. You'd have a low cooldown mm-hmm. on fallen order, although that did get nerfed that patch, right? It did, yeah. The yeah nine two, so it was no longer every minute you could get fallen order. It was every like minute and a half, two minutes, basically. So it wasn't. It was basically a, a fairly large nerf. Like it wasn't like misweavers didn't crush. They were still very good, but it wasn't as crazy as uh as it used to be or as it was in in 9.1 so yeah um Um, they also so you have a note in here about the mob being dead and good riddance uh you no longer have to go back to it for anything basically except for entering torghast um and no updates this patch to it no updates this patch to it uh and also notably like you could never fly in the maw zareth mortis you did unlock flying once you got through the campaign Um, you, you, you did your campaign and then if you wanted, you could actually fly around. Like if you wanted to collect stuff for protoform synthesis, or you wanted to just collect everything for achievements, you know, get mm-hmm. all the treasures and all the rares and all that stuff, you can get on your mountain fly. And both that and actually the Unity Legendary were account-wide. Um, yes, so they were. A lot of those unlocks were now account-wide. Mm-hmm. You didn't even need to like redo the grind on multiple characters. Like that's one thing. We actually had players on my team that were like, oh man, this sucks. I got to do this grind. I'm like, I, I want to play alts, right? I got to do this grind on like three characters. And I'm like, no, I know this is not standard. It has not been standard practice, but you all yeah. need to do it the first time. And then your other characters just get it. Like yeah, you which, don't need the awesome. reputation. Yeah, that was a, that was like, that was a big change. I think, and even... Even with Zareth Mortis, you could skip the campaign on your alts. Like they added a skip. Yep. Um, it was 
generally not a great idea because I think you renowned. mentioned the campaign gave a ton of rep, but it also gave a ton of renowned. So yeah. if you needed renowned catch up on your alts, like you wanted to yeah. do the campaign because it was really good. Campaign was probably 40 renowned uh, yeah. or very close to it. So if you used one of, at this point, the catch up item for renowned gave you uh, renowned level 40, which is the end of patch 9.0, basically. Um, mm-hmm. And so getting through the remaining 40 levels, the campaign was a great way to do it. Like, uh, it's a little bit slow, but at the same time, uh, that's a lot of renown. Like the alternatives yeah. are like doing 40 dungeons, doing, you know, 80 arena matches, doing a whole lot of rating. Uh, right. so, um, it was a great way to like, you know, go turn on a TV show and, uh, just like go through the campaign for the fourth time on your alt. Yeah. Which was a, which is a nice, again, nice, nice chance. I feel like we all we're talking about like just nice changes but it's just like it's it's so cool like that i mean it seemed like this was like the patch like after the ripcord being pulled they sort of continued that through with these these next yeah. two patches right and i think like looking ahead a little bit that is part of why i am a lot more positive about dragonflight like dragonflight is really the first expansion release since legion um and the first expansion release since i've been raiding mm-hmm. that i'm actually like really like positive about you know not apprehensive like i was for bfa or shadowlands gotcha yeah i would say that it's been a while because <laughs> even legion for misweaver was like i hope you make changes and then they oh, don't make yeah. changes and then it's uh, like oh great this is uh, what we're getting um oops. but we don't yeah. need to go back that far um yeah. <laughs> but no yeah so i mean i yeah i think to wrap up i guess maybe zareth mortis and a lot of the outdoor content with this one i i think all in all like Solid changes like Zareth Mortis was a fun zone if you wanted to interact with it. It was a ton of collectible stuff, which I think, to be fair, is like something that Blizzard had been missing. I think they overdid it in that like <laughs> there was almost too much to collect. Um, yeah, but yeah, it was still it was it was cool. It was a it was a it was a nice little zone. At the same um, time, it kind of like uh, the old Timeless Isle. There's just a lot of stuff to collect, so there's a lot of reasons actually to come back to it later. Um, exactly. Yeah way that like you can go back to timeless isle and collect like transmog and i think there's a number of mounts from timeless isle mm-hmm. um and all of that kind of stuff so and it's not all tied to a rep grind <laughs> exactly, like it's not yeah. just doing whatever grind gives you the most optimal rep per minute on your your main just like one-shotting stuff in the in the same way that some grinds just devolve into um yeah so that's kind of cool yeah, it was uh, it was nice. It was nice. Um, well, cool. Maybe maybe we, we turn our attention to the raid and a couple of not only like the raid, but a couple of the systems that came in with the raid. So um, I guess we can start with Sepulcher uh, as a raid and the fact that they uh, they missed the mark on the tuning um, a, a little bit. Um, a bit. Just a wee bit. Yeah. So, I mean, I think, you know, first half of the instance, you know, not too, too bad. Um, like, I think like everything up to Holandris was okay-ish. Like, I think the Sausage, or the Sogne, however you say that boss, like, the movement there was, like, we just, ha- we struggled a bit, like, on Mythic. Um, like, getting the movement just right, the fact that it was a little off, but eventually slogged our way through it. Um, and then, I don't think there's any other interesting bot. Like, Zymox, I think, is still a cool bot. Like, the design, yeah. like, they could bring a Zymox do- back yeah every expansion and i'd be fine with it like at least once yeah. every once in the raid tiers like that come out so honestly i'm a little bit disappointed that they killed him uh that we killed him 
yeah. in that encounter, I would actually it it would have been cool to have him be a reoccurring boss. Like he can he can go between realms. There's no reason he needs to you know be confined to Shadowlands the expansion. Uh, but we did yeah. kill him at the end of that encounter, so he won't be returning in Dragonflight. Although, yeah. who knows? It's the land of the dead. Yeah, I mean the por- the portal the portal ability I think is still one of the cooler abilities that Blizzard has put in raids lately. Yeah, um, yeah. The so. there is um, I remember speculating before the raid release about how they would tune the raid and about you know the impact of tier sets, the impact of like double legendaries being gated until the third week of the raid. It was like the yeah, fifth week of like- the patch, but the third mythic week. Um, and oh man all of our speculation was wrong we were like they're not going to tune the early bosses around it like it's going to the early bosses are going to be a pushover and then you're going to hit anduin and anduin's going to require it or maybe the anduin bosses like holandris and live yeah. and we're going to require it and then you'll go do anduin and anduin really needs you to have everything and then from yeah. there on it's going to be tuned around those two. Oh boy they tuned the whole raid around you having double legendary i mean like for regular human beings, right? Not not yeah. world first raiders. World first raiders did not need those items to clear the early yeah. bosses. Um, but the power gains on those were so huge that it really felt like regular human beings were intended to like regular raiders that aren't on that level were really intended to have those items before they really progressed into mythic. Um, right. And that kind of like led to a lot of I'll call it degeneracy around heroic splits <laughs> and things like that. Um, yeah. So heroic week, right? For the raid, the world first teams are all doing their hero- heroic splits, right? That's just normal. That's been their standard operating practice. Um, and you hit mythic week, right? Mythic week, normally what happens is you go and you like the world first teams, like jump right into mythic. They go, right. they clear some bosses and then they go back and they might do more heroic splits once they hit a wall, and then they go back to Mythic and they continue clearing. Um, so it's Tuesday rolls around, and this is somewhat due to the staggered release, which we didn't actually mention. They only released the yeah. first eight bosses the first the first week. Um, they released the final four bosses that had not been tested, or final three bosses three, that three. had not been tested uh, the second week. Um, and your tier set was locked behind those three final bosses. So you could not complete it until you cleared those three bosses, unless you got extremely lucky from your mythic plus or PVP vaults. Um, I actually don't even know if you could get it from them. I, yeah. I think you had to kill the bosses. I, well, no, because like the drops. mythic plus and PVP vaults. Oh, they have it all, whatever. Yeah. 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 So I don't actually know if you could, the first week they might've disabled it. It was such a low chance. It didn't really, yeah. like who knows? Um, I, I didn't look it up. It's possible that <laughs> people got it, but I don't remember. Uh, anyway, um, so nobody had their four pieces on, on Tuesday, Wednesday, when the NA and E resets happened. Right. Um, and to or- in order to get them, they had to just go and re-clear the instance again. And if you're going to go and re-clear the instance again, you might as well do your heroic splits again. Exactly. And it turns out that the early bosses were actually tuned for you to have them. Um, so nobody really did mythic on Tuesday at all. It was, it was taunt. They basically sat in heroic, all the world first skills. This is like, it's, it's different than what, um, than what I think most people had expected. Right. Cause I mean, I think everybody, yeah. even, 
even like I think Morgan did an interview with this where he was like, yeah, we all woke up like ready to watch like the guilds go through it. And they're like, he's like, they're all in heroic. We were like, what? <laughs> why? Um, no, but it I think turns they, out the tier sets were too good and their tuning was too high. There yeah. were not any mythic vigilant guardian kills until Wednesday of that week. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is which is funny. So, yeah, that was I mean. That was an interesting thing. I mean, it was cool that they added back tier sets, and I don't. We didn't really talk a little bit about this, but like it was, it was cool that they that they added back tier sets after so yeah. many. Like it's been since BFA, like the launch of BFA, um, so that yeah. final tier in Legion, right? Um, and and Taurus, right? Was that the last one? Yeah. Um, since we've had tier sets, so it's cool they added them back. They were interesting. I mean, at least the miss. I think they were like all tier sets where some classes got interesting ones, other classes got really boring ones. Right. Par for the, the course for tier sets that have been yeah. in the game forever is like that's literally the, the yeah. feedback you'll see on any tier set, any tier before this that had tier sets. It was like, cool, some classes get like either spec defining or like rotation defining tier sets and others others just like more damage on your steady shot. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. Um, and I think the main thing about these is really just that the power level was extremely, extremely high yeah. um, on your tier set. Uh, to the point that very little mattered besides having your tier set on uh, for mm -hmm. a lot of classes. For Brewmaster in particular, um, the tier set yeah, was, was crazy. just a night and day difference. Um, even just like it was worth wearing despite the fact that they could literally kill you. Um, which well, they, did, on. <laughs> they did eventually fix, but it yeah. could literally kill you. We have have clips of people like doing Zymox like the, the situation that would happen is you have to keg smash things in order to maintain your buff your buff would expire uh, when you're out of range of things to cast on uh, like when you're running the portal on Zymox um, and uh, then you would lose over half of your health mm -hmm. so if you happen to be around half your health which is not that uncommon as a brewmaster Suddenly you're at one HP and any random ticking damage just immediately kills you. You're dead, yeah. 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 That was fun watching our we had a our we random brewmaster for all of Prague. It was fun watching him randomly fall over on Vigilant Guardian like early on. Yeah. <laughs> um, which was interesting. So but yeah, I mean I so you know, um yeah, I mean tier sets were in and then tuning was crazy. I mean, like Halandris was a three hundred pull boss, I think, if they didn't change it for most guilds, which is yeah crazy for a mid-tier one and like the difficulty while hard was like very uneven in my mind like if yeah. the way that i remember it is like like Desa I, I feel like even desagne was di more difficult than lahuvum was and like desagne was the first boss of that's that wing and you know yeah <laughs> uh so my, was the last, so i've commented on this before that sometimes they tune the fun out of encounters like you have you have encounters with like fun mechanics that are interesting to mm -hmm. play with and fun to do and yeah. then you just attach such high levels of damage uh, or damage requirements to other things that it just like you don't get to really focus on and enjoy the fun mechanics. You just have to do these kind of like very boring HPS or DPS checks. Mm -hmm. And that was really what Dasein or Dasegna, however you say it, say it yeah. uh, felt like to me. Where like you have this neat like thing where you're that you're doing with the rings, but mm -hmm. um the amount of damage that it the whole thing oh, yeah. was just like you didn't get to sit there and enjoy it. Like I, I understand. Like I, I want the fights to have some challenge to them, right? I don't want this to be classic, where or even worse, like classic vanilla, where people are literally killing bosses in thirty seconds. Um, right. 
that's not what I want. But at the same time, there is a level where the numbers are just so high that you or high on the wrong things. That is a very important distinction, I think. High on the wrong things. Um, And you just don't get to enjoy the fun things because you have to focus on other things that are just not interesting. Like I've done DPS checks on on ads and kick rotations on ads a million times. I've done, you know, hey, we have this really heavy uh, damage to the raid phase. We got to sort out healing cooldowns. That's all just like normal stuff. Right. Um, it, It... should exist but you know if the numbers well, on there are so big you don't get to do the fun mechanic or you don't get to really focus on and enjoy the fun mechanic it makes the fight less fun and that is that is just saying and i think that applies i think to a lot of the bosses in this instance that criticism yeah yeah i mean i think it it, it, highlight, it highlights to me on that fight just because like the like the dodging the rings coincided with a ton of damage on your raid so like as a healer it was people are spread, people are moving, and then then you have to have to heal them, and you also need yeah. to use potentially some cooldowns there with the rings, but then you also need to save like those same cooldowns for the intermission. So yeah, yeah I mean that fight was just move like the movement requirement plus the damage plus everything else was like a, a, a much. And then you went from there into um, what is it, proto form the proto prototype people, pro, the prototype pathing, which is honestly just I've, I've said this before, it's literally mechanic vomit. It's like. They were like, I, we have all these cool mechanics we want to use, but we don't have a fight for it. Let's put it in the council fight where they just spit <laughs> mechanics for like five or six minutes, whatever it ends up being. Yeah, yeah. And then you go, then Lahuvum is like, does no damage. It's just literally two DPS checks. If you meet those two DPS checks, you kill the boss. And well, it's just like, uh, then there's also um, Lahuvum had had three things, right? It had one making the DPS checks on the ads. Um, you set up your CDs so they didn't really matter. A lot of guilds did the kill two ads at the first one, and then yep. just the whole raid on every one after that, and that was fine. Um, but it had two other really important mechanics. Uh, one was the moats and breaking the moats, which that was actually, I think, a really fun mechanic that um, just uh-huh. needed a little bit of like usability work to really shine. Because yeah. doing the flower patterns was actually really... like That was... That was neat. That was cool. Uh, yeah. I got to do the like I'm. All, I was the one that broke every set of flower patterns, so it was always me plus one DPS doing it, and that was a fun mechanic to do. Um, but then you had like the push pull red blue mechanic um, in the middle of that. That was awful. Yeah, that was awful. Um, they but effectively it- removed it in season four, uh, but it was awful. Uh, yeah, doing the thing where you had to like have your groups set up a certain way to um so you had like five people per stack and then if any of them got you know randomly all red you needed to like swap a blue person over to it so that they they could do it and make that call on the fly like and that's all very doable but it's very uninteresting and just like oops we died because like what happens is if one person misses it now there's a stack of four red and a stack of one blue and all five people die yeah and then the tank mechanic being extremely visually confusing. That was also not <laughs> Yeah, not that's fun. true. Like, it that's wasn't true. hard. It was just unclear. Yeah, what, what was going on? Yeah, so, I mean, Lehuvum was was sort of whatever. And then, then of course, you get to, like, Halandris, which I think... I don't think... We talked about this boss probably at the time. I think Halandris in its original iteration... So, we did about probably 40 to 50... I think we did 40 or 50 pulls on the actual, like... 
the, the set before the nerfs, I think, is what we ended up doing. I forget though for sure. It was a fair. It was either a night or two worth of pulls on it. Yeah. Um, this and uh, I got to update what? prog stats for Vault of the Incarnates. <laughs> so um, more work with Vile. Yeah. So I mean, it was a. Uh, I I don't. I did not enjoy it. Like I I I think there is a there's a place for super hard encounters like that, and I I just don't think it's in the middle of the instance, right? Like I I just didn't. There were two like. We only really got to phase two probably like a handful of times, like less than a, probably less than five yeah. times, right? So not even making it to phase three or the final room. And that second room when like literally if one person dies, your bomb rotation is screwed. It's just like too, too, too much. Like I think it's yeah. just it's too, too much going on um, in general. So I we was were, not a huge fan of that, that fight. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> we were 130 pulls in um, starting to okay. see the second intermission uh when they gutted the boss like yeah and honestly i'm still not a fan of how heavy-handed they were with the nurse on that i understand why because of how the rest of the instance was tuned but honestly right. i would rather they have gutted every other instance every other boss in the instance and made holandris the actual end boss just like swap him in the jailer and like you know yeah. you know rewrite the story mid-raid like let's go let's <laughs> go um because the fight was a ton of fun, very mechanic, like very intense. This is one of those fights where it was tuned high, but I think the tuning was in the fun mechanics for a lot of it. Um, okay. Like the bombs were fun. The tank mechanic was fun. Um, the interactions, the interplay between all the different positioning requirements made it a very uh, exciting encounter. You were constantly doing things. Uh, there were some RNG issues early on that we didn't run into because we got there later where like sometimes your tanks would have all four orbs spawn on the same side, basically. And it was just extremely dif difficult to handle that with how things were tuned. So they fixed that. So you always get them. They're like roughly spread around the room, um, yeah. but they're still random. So you, you don't have, you, you don't do exactly the same thing every pull. Um, and just the whole thing was just like very tightly tuned, very fun to do. The numbers could have been a little bit lower and that would have shaved off a number of like a large number of pulls for a lot of guilds that had you know the, the classic five percent wipe right um yeah. but uh this is uh, actually i think the whole right wing really is kind of um a lot of the mechanics they were all a lot of the bosses were just like hard right in a, in a numbers way and in halantris's case also a mechanics way um but also, uh, the the hardness, the high numbers were put in good places. Um, you look at like Skolex. Uh, every, I mean, the Skolex has very few mechanics, so there's only so many places to put the numbers, and it all makes sense. It it forces you to do things that are fun, even if they're you know mostly rehashes of previous mechanics. It's still combined in new ways to make it interesting and fun to do so they like the, the the numbers forcing you to focus on the things that are fun was really good zymox a little bit less so there's a lot of like random ticking damage and stuff that was just like very high and unpleasant to deal with yeah. um but then also weird post post uh post third platform yeah movement like specific like very precise movements yeah uh, at that place so and actually zymox is a uh, a little awkward because after some of the damage nerfs and and acquiring your double legendary and stuff um the uh there were some very awkward push timers you could yeah get. 
yeah. uh, that we ran into that made the boss like we went in there we had like a 0.2 percent wipe or whatever we were expecting to just like kill it really quickly and then we had like 10 pulls in a row where we just had ridiculous overlaps where we pushed um at times that made things impossible because we had you know uh, uh we basically lost our portal at a time that was not possible to deal with yeah and uh they eventually fixed that but that was very frustrating yeah 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 and then i mean then you you leave sort of like leave Holandris and all that fun stuff and you go to andoin which was like just as many pulls like i mean i, I guess Holandris was probably overall more uh in the yeah. way that it worked like average averaged out but like then you went to you know, Anduin, which had again like DPS checks, positioning checks, healing checks, even yeah. right, um, like all over the place. Which I I enjoyed Anduin uh, in terms of the fight itself. Like I think the yeah the raid splitting, the up and down phases were interesting enough. Like the down phase had something for healers to do other than just make sure DPS don't die, which yeah. I always think is is fun to add. Intermissions were fun with like the walls. I yeah I like I don't know. It seemed like a a a more forgiving version of Painsmith. Yeah. In that, like, in that, like, you still had to move as a raid group. There was still some level of pre- precise movement, but like, it wasn't overly difficult. Um, a yeah. lot of it was just like a fun little patchwork style, like burn phase in yeah. the middle of the fight. Um, um, I think the fight had like three main issues with it that all got, you know, neutered in, uh, yeah. in season four um, yeah. or end of actually season three. And those are the blasphemy mechanic uh, triggering when you touch somebody that doesn't have it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was that was not fun. It wasn't hard in like a, a really skill testing way. You know, if you play with a goblin and they just happen to be around and you just touch them, you died. Yeah. Um, or And actually even worse, you have like Sylvanas doing backflips all over the platform, Bolvar and Thrall around, Jaina's right. around, and they all are scaled and look like regular players. So on a number of occasions, I would like be running over to clear my thing with somebody and like curve around it. And it's like, oh, okay, that was unnecessary. And sometimes yeah. I, because it timed out because I did that. And it, that's just like mega tilt. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. I forgot about the NPCs being annoying. Yeah. Uh, the second thing that I think really was a miss that they didn't actually neuter. Uh, is the add cast time buffs where like the first casts is like you know far four or five second long and then the next one is half that and the next one is half that and the final uh-huh. one is half of that and is effectively instant um solar beam <laughs> it's just like not fun to instantly wipe because your second cc was you know a fifth of a second off yeah and it's because they also suffer from drs so like if you're overlapping ccs it's also not good you're gonna like run out of ccs um that was just really like not fun specifically yeah. because of the level of it reached like it would be one thing if it were like a second long you still have to have a cc rotation um but you don't have to it doesn't have to be the same level of precision like there's a the, a little bit of like number just number a little bit too big there i think yeah. yeah and then the final mechanic that i think was kind of a kind of a miss is actually the stars bouncing in phase three because it just so, yeah it was a non-mechanic 
but it was yeah. it was annoying. It was just yeah, it was, annoying. It was just it was just annoying enough. No, I, I feel you on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I actually I I liked the double stars throughout the rest of the encounter. I thought mm-hmm. that was actually like uh Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Yeah. That made things way more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I really wish that they had just nuked blasphemy from the start, which is what they <laughs> actually needed to do. Yeah. That's just 100% the mechanic that needed to get nuked, and they refused to do it until very deep in the season after they had nuked literally every other mechanic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would have rather, like, kind of like Helandra's, I would have liked to keep the double stars and just have Blasphemy not be a thing like it is now. Like, you have to do it, but it's not a big deal. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah it's a, I mean, it was definitely a, it, it got much easier once I made those changes. And I think even, I mean, we'll talk about this maybe in a bit on season four. Like, I think, I think Anduin became probably my favorite season four fight. Yeah. Because of like, because of the way you could speed it up in a way that like was fun. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of these fights that I think have a really good core that just like had, like I said, had the fun tuned out of them by putting the numbers really big in the wrong places. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um. Yeah, so yeah, so then you go from there and you get Lords of Dread and Rigalon, I guess, out off of off off of Anduin. Next we can talk about maybe Lords first. Like this fight, I I didn't hate, but at the same time, it was like one of those fights where like if you have even like one of your raid like everyone's got that one raid member who just doesn't have the best awareness, you know, like doesn't they might like they might be in they might be a good player like in other areas but like there's certain things where like if the mechanics are like not the same every time they just they struggle mm-hmm. they just struggle a bit mm-hmm. and like lords is one of those things where like if you don't have your head on a swivel like there is just green you're stuff dead. everywhere yeah. and then like the fact of like if you make a mistake with green stuff then the next time like you clear the green stuff there's it's more green stuff yeah. it's harder for yeah and it just becomes sort of a cascading thing so yeah yeah i mean lords though as an overall fight i don't think i minded it was definitely like a in terms of difficulty i'll say like a step down yeah. um it was still pretty healing intensive though like as a healer really from and on like every one of these fights like i was like literally at the like on the edge of like like people are dying because you have the add on mythic on lords yeah. that like is aoing the whole raid and then you know yeah. you have like the actual just aoe phases are big and then just people taking random ticking damage from getting too many stacks of the green yeah. thing so uh um, i will say i hate lords of dread i think it is easily like the second or third worst boss of the whole expansion um okay and uh where a lot of the other bosses in the instance uh, like i said there's really good mechanics and it's just tuned in a way that sucked the fun out of it uh-huh. there's virtually nothing redeeming about lords of dread the one like redeeming mechanic kind of is the among us mechanic um, oh yeah that was cool yeah which once they broke the auto solver weak aura which was correct for them to do right once they yeah. broke the auto solver weak aura um like that was that was kind of a fun mechanic to do uh and then the, i guess the double damage amp was also fun but finding like a big numbers go burr kind of bit yeah. kind of way not in like a mechanically interesting way um but uh remember at the start when you passed your bugs to somebody else to you know not get too high on stacks it disoriented them yes which is just annoying which is just negative fun 
Like yeah. that's just negative fun right there. Um, and it also causes some really annoying stuff with uh, tanking, where like if you get disoriented, the boss turns and hits the other person, uh, which like ideally you don't have that happen to you, right? But some some point somebody's gonna walk into you trying to get their bugs out of melee, and it sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. This fault fight also had really big visibility issues. Uh, specifically with the addition of the boss bugs so that it kind of had this alternating phase thing going on where like in one phase you had to be close to people and in the other phase when the boss cast carrion swarm bugs came out from him but it wasn't the same pattern every time every time they went through a phase it would add one so it starts off as four then five then six and it goes out so first it goes out in kind of a square then in a pentagon then in a hexagon and that just means that it's really you, it's really difficult to learn. And because of the way you tank the boss or one's inside the other, it was very difficult to tell where he was facing. It was just a an awful, awful mechanic in general. And yeah. the fight would have been significantly better if they just didn't have it. Right, right, right. Um, yeah. 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 So that was, I mean, Lord's... Yeah, I guess, I mean, I, I didn't mind it, but I can understand the frustration, like particularly from like a tanking perspective on that one. Um, but I agree, yeah. Among Us was a very cool new mechanic. Um, and then uh, then Rygalon was literally just a DPS check, I feel like, and healing check. Like that was just a, a standard, like you have a lot of healing to do at all times and you also have a lot of damage to do at all times. And yep. uh, hopefully you pull it all together. Um, yep. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have much to say about that one. Like, it was, there were, wasn't many mechanics. Like, the soaking mechanic in the intermission was interesting where you had to soak the orbs or whatever. Right. And the tanks had to soak them as they exploded, which I thought was, like, a cool a yeah, cool thing for, I like I, I, it's not it's not interesting for tanks, I guess, but it's still like, hey, I have something to do other than move this the boss like, in these specific positions, so. The, like, interactions with the tank swaps and things you could do with Celestial Brew uh, and other absorbs made it way more interesting. Where, yeah. like, it's not just soaking the thing, it's soaking the thing while coordinating tank swaps with your co-tanks so that you don't, like, die. Yeah. Um, that was interesting. I think that the only real miss for this boss, in my opinion, is just how rippy the uh, the where the quasars are. Okay. Where you get your Dark Eclipse, um, somebody accidentally steps into a quasar portal, uh, that doesn't have dark eclipse, and then it's just over. The raid's wiped. Yeah, initially, yeah, yeah. Exactly four and four, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and honestly, like th- this would have made the fight significantly easier, but it would have been a lot more fun to progress if you just couldn't touch, you couldn't interact with those portals unless you had dark eclipse. Yeah. Yeah, but I see I see why they wanted to like it it does make you cuz like there's not much else going on like particularly in mythic like in that in that or sort of up phase it's like you have the people yeah. who get the what whatever it's called whatever deep of it is where they have to go down, right? right. And then you have the soaking so there's like the orbs you have to soak. But other right. than that, like there's not much for DPS to do. So like having a slight like I feel like it only really affected melee people, I'll be completely honest with you. Where like Particularly me, who like if I had to run out because I was one always one of the soaks for the orbs. Like if I had to run out and get like a, a soak for an orb that wasn't directly in melee, yeah. um, it made it interesting. I definitely ran over those portals. <laughs> yeah, and that that's part. really like 
I just don't, I think it was very frustrating. It added a lot of frustration, but it didn't add a lot of like, there was not, it was very high downside, but not very high upside basically is what my, yeah. my two cents is. Um, and if they had changed that, honestly, I think the fight would have just been like straight, straight 10 out of 10, very few complaints. Yeah. Um, yeah. the rest of the fight was just good. Like it was just a good fight. Um, yeah. and you still would have had, like, if they turned off being able to interact with the things without dark eclipse, you still would have had to manage, you know, when you killed the quasars and you still would have had to manage, you know, killing them in good spots. so that people could get to them with minimal movements and like keep up DPS yeah. on the boss and all of the, all, everything else about managing them stays the same. It's just that you don't randomly wipe to somebody accidentally touching one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, and then I guess the final fight we've got we got Jailer, and I I mean I think my thoughts on Jailer are, I hate line of sight mechanics, and so like phase one to me kills the rest of the fight because you do that so many times. Like, yeah, I like it was the the phase overall one, fight. Or sorry, phase one has a lot of the same problems that Ajara had, mandatory assignment week or a prevalence of line of sight mechanics uh mind controls that's not actually the genre problem really but yeah that, it's a very annoying thing where like it, it's effectively a one shot if you fail right. the mechanic it just instantly kills you um and uh honestly like oh like i could go actually on and on about how i would change phase one to make it way 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 better yeah. um but i'm not going to because we will have other things we want to talk about yeah I think you're about to say like phase two onward stuff. Yeah. I mean, like phase two onward, like I liked like phase two was interesting. The movement was cool. Like mind controls underneath the boss was like a good way to position it. And like the fact that like your spread, you had like a spread mechanic collapse mechanic. So like, yeah, even like the line soaks were, were interesting. So, I mean like everything from that point of view, like phase two onward, I think was fine. Phase three was, was a, a very much like I think somewhat like phase two, except with I think more specific movement requirements, where like you yeah. had to move in specific ways, and then also you had to um, also position specific ways, particularly for like the ads that would spawn. Yeah. So you had like the nice star pattern if you did it that yeah. way. Um, I like the usage of like the healing like lines to buff damage. Like yeah. I like that there was a dual purpose of like not only healing the center. Um, so I guess Azeroth itself, but also buffing your damage. So, right. yeah, I mean, uh, phase three was fine. Then phase four was just, I mean, unfortunately for me, I didn't get a chance to progress, progress phase four. Yeah. Um, but so when I did it, phase four was like, you just kept damaging and it, you won. <laughs> yeah. But like the the death sentence and sort of the meteor soak and stuff like that, I think we're, we're fine. So I think, you know, I think you're right. It suffers from a lot of the same Ajara issues and that like phase one is just not very good. And for me killed the majority of the fight. Yeah, um, phase one is also long. Yeah. It's one, it's, it's probably one of the, the longer part parts of, the of that phase. fight. Yeah. 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 Um, I think like phase two onward jailer is a, a good, maybe great fight. Um, there's some numbers things from early Prague that, were changed before I got there that I think were good changes. Stuff like the tank mechanic in phase two was just this really, really big magic dot um, that tanks just can't interact with. So it's just a healer mechanic. Uh, mm-hmm. And that was just like kind of awful. Uh, they, they cut the dot in like half or by like three quarters or something. And uh, that made the experience much more pleasant. Um, 
at least according to people I know who were doing it when that nerf happened. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, other than that, like phase two is fun to do as a tank the i've done it actually now as tank and range and phase two is just like pretty fun um the yeah like phase two is fun phase three is fun uh i really like i actually really like the azurite soaks mechanic on the whole yeah. uh, i think it suffers a lot from the numbers being stupid on it like the the stacking damage taken from it makes it really annoying <laughs> Yeah. Like just randomly dying because you you stepped into it like half a second too soon. You refreshed your stacks, and so instead of going, you know, one two three, you go four five six, and yeah. you weren't planning on that, and the sixth one just kills you. Yeah, that was that was annoying. But other than that, I actually really really liked the mechanic overall um, for a lot of the reasons you already said. Yeah. Uh, phase four in particular. So I did that, you know. After a lot of, like, they finally gave up on trying to fix the boss shield thing. Yeah, and just, like, yeah, set it to whatever. Just set it to be yeah. the thing. Um, and uh, so we did it, that version. Uh, we killed it, actually, the Sunday before the Omega nerfs that hit it. Yeah. Um, probably the biggest single round of nerfs since Jaina Bradmore. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, honestly like phase four is also fun like there's just a lot like everything after phase one was actually like pretty good uh to to do at least at the point that i did it phase one was just ass yeah i any fight that has like line of sight mechanics is just it's as a healer it's one of the most frustrating things to deal with yeah and i, I, mean, I hate it i think phase one even if they had left in the line of sight mechanics because it's not that frequent right you only have to line of sight the mind control casts um, right the um line of sight mechanics could have been left in and it still would have been like okay wouldn't have been s tier but it would have been okay um, right. the big thing for me that killed it is just the holes they're extremely janky people get clip like clip into the edges coming back up get stuck fall back down and die people like you have a very precise window that you have to jump in even on heroic actually you have a very precise window that you have to jump in in order right. to get back out and not get thrown off the edge Right. Um, it really should have just been like Maiden uh, in Tomb of Sargeras where just like you jumped in and it sent you back out just yeah. very consistently you, do, you don't have to worry about specific timing just jump in get sent back out um, that actually would have also kind of reduced the need for the assignment week work because you would have had 15 seconds or not 15 seconds like 10 seconds for all six people to just find a hole jump in it um, yeah. and if you saw somebody you know jump in a hole then you knew you needed to not jump in that one. You would go jump in a different one. You still probably would want one for consistency, but it, it maybe wouldn't have been this like mandatory weak aura that broke all the time that you had to have uh, in order to do the fight. Yeah, no, for sure. So yeah, so that's Jailer. I mean, honestly, I would say that Jailer ended up being for me worse than Sylvanas, uh, definitely worse than Sire in terms of end bosses. So yeah, I mean, that's I think that's how Sepulchre sort of ends up is like just known for being like, extremely difficult and sort of maybe over the top in terms of the way that they handled the mechanics and then yeah you know the 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 round of nerves which i think in in retrospect blizzard did a good thing here is like you can't fault them for making sure they sort of lowered the difficulty in a way where like it was still hard for the majority of guilds that did it right like i don't think yeah. there's a, like we talk about them like destroying Halandris and destroying jailer and things like that but i think at the end of the day like 
because the difficulty started so high, the nerfs were always going to be large. Yeah. Right. It wasn't like they took yeah. like like a a vigilant guardian and have to have the boss's health and like everything did half damage. Like it wasn't right. like that sort of that sort of nerf. Yeah. Like the bosses yeah. were extremely difficult. So I um, I I think Calandris is just unfortunate because of the the way that basically the fight only worked because of the tight tuning, or at least because right. of the tight HP tuning. And once you break that, there's a bunch of mechanics you just kind of get to ignore. Um so that was really annoying. And then the jailer, my only issue with the way they nerfed it is that basically uh, everything after phase one, now you just like skip half or all of. Like you basically don't do phase three or phase four now. Yeah. Um, even without fate of the fixes, you just like you get to phase four or you get to phase three, you get your blood of Azeroth buff and you just push bloodlust and you just sit there and you, you, you kill the boss. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So no, so it was a uh, it was interesting. I guess we have to sort of speed run this this half part because <laughs> uh, we do want to get to Dragonflight. I think the one thing that I really want to talk about from nine point two point five mm-hmm. um, is cross faction rating. Yep. Um, and I don't really have a lot to say on it other than this is just like a strictly good thing that has a bunch of still pretty annoying rough edges. Like, guild yep. bank access is a big thing for us. Uh, we have a lot of consumables stored in the guild bank, and our alliance players can't access them. Mm-hmm. Um, communities are very buggy still, so sometimes inviting things is weird. But honestly, it's been really good. It works really well. Yeah, and I think this is just the precursor to what we've talked about last week in some of the interviews where, like, cross-faction guilds are coming. Yeah. Right? Which is Which I think will always be a good a good change, so... Yeah. Um, so then we. So that was nine two five. Not too much else, uh, like you said, in it. There's a handful of other smaller things, not important. And then nine two five A, as they called it. I didn't realize they called it A, but the season four faded patch. We've talked a bunch about faded. I think the only thing that I would want to say here is that I hope that they bring back this for the final season of Dragonflight. Like I hope that they bring back a maybe not as long as faded was. Yeah, maybe it's like it becomes like an eight week thing, like a two month type thing. Versus, I think what faded has last has lasted almost three or four months, right? Yeah, August, September, October, That's November. Correct. Yeah, so like maybe it ends up being like a six week thing, and and it, they open with everything faded. You can do whatever you want. Go back farm mounts. Go back get specific items for the next like expansion to level with. Um, but I think overall faded and the dinar system, I think is cool for an end of expansion like last hurrah. Um, yeah. and still give teams something to do. I don't know. I, sorry. I generally agree with that. I think that they made two major mistakes with it for, for Shadowlands. One is the raid rotation. Um, mm. I think the affix rotation is okay. The raid rotation, you just don't know. Yeah, no, I think you need everything open. I think raid rotation, and if they do affix again, affix rotation, I think they just need to kill. Like, okay. I, I understand from a queuing perspective, like, what they're trying to avoid is too many queues. Um, you want to funnel everybody into a single queue so that they um, are you're able to find groups instead of having a half full group for Castle Nathria, a half full group for Sanctum, and a half full group for Sepulchre. You have one group that's like super full for yeah. or two groups that are full for just Castle Nathria. Um, and honestly, maybe they just rotate heroic and below and mythic is just all of them are open all the time i don't know but yeah. like just let us kind of progress at our own pace because they they said this was not going to be a, a, a kind of progression tier and it was not 
a real progression tier. Like it did not take as long to progress in any way. Yeah. But it, there was still reprog. Uh, they tuned up all the bosses. A lot of stuff like Castle Nathria, you know, a half hour raid either hadn't done. Uh, probably three quarters of a raid either hadn't done or had done with a different guild. Right, yeah. Yeah, and even, um, I mean, even with Nathria not even doing it, even if you did it with the same guild, it's still been over a year since you yeah. did any sort of Nathria boss. So it's like you still had to relearn it. Yeah. Plus the affixes themselves changed the way you like looked at fights yeah. or did fights. Yep. And so, yeah, I mean, I think in my mind, just open it all up at once. Don't do revolving rotations of affixes. The affixes stay what they are for that boss. And like, yeah. even if they might, even maybe they yeah. just do one affix, I, right? I, I can yeah. I can get on board with that for sure too. Because that was another frustrating thing of like, okay, we do live them the first time and we have to learn how to deal with the soaks being absolute, you know, nonsense yeah. on that fight. And then we have to go back the next time and we have to learn how to deal with, I don't know what it was, moats? Moats was yeah. mostly fine, except for like learning when we had to like grip it in and click it in order yeah. to um like not even maximize. to capitalize it on it like we were trying to min max it a little bit but honestly yeah. like learning which ones we just couldn't get value out of and just had to like throw away um before they exploded right yeah yeah no yeah um, so i mean i'm sorry yeah I, I just our experience with season four as a guild i think would have been significantly improved if we had been able to do castle nathria week one and i go back into castle nathria week two and you know, knock out those bosses and maybe go back into Castle Nathria week three and knock out those bosses again and just yeah. like really develop that muscle memory of those and then add in Sanctum, then add in right. Sepulcher. Um, we have the skips, so we could, you know, once if we could spend, you know, three weeks in a row just doing Castle Nathria, you know, third week we probably, you know, do the skip, yeah. kill the Nathrias, and then go start on the next raid. That would have been great. Um, yeah. A lot of the frustration was around like we have a week to clear everything. And if we don't finish, you know, we have to kind of start from scratch. Yeah. And then it's, then it's, you know, another two, two full weeks, right? Two full yeah. other raid weeks before you get back to that point. Yeah. 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 That was the, I think the one, the one major downside. But other than that, I had, I had fun with, with Faded in general. So. Yeah. I do, th I do think that actually the Faded fixes were just not good for Sepulcher in particular. I've talked about this before. Those bosses are just too mechanically complex to just add these affixes in, by and yeah. large. Yeah. I, I think they're just stuffed to the brim and adding one more thing, they just kind of tipped over and fell apart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Other bosses, I think they were way, way better on. Uh, a mm -hmm. lot of the Sanctum bosses were fine. A lot of the um, Castle Nathria bosses are fine. Although Denathrius kind of runs into the same issue with the beginning of Phase 2 in particular. Yeah. Um, but... Other than that, it's fine. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, and I guess the only of the final moving, I guess, ahead a little bit, swing it to Dragonflight stuff. The only final patch, 927, just brought in the region-wide commodities auction house. So basically it sort of brought together all of the all of the commodities now region-wide. So all of NA shares yeah. the same gems, herbs, flasks, consumables, things like that. Amazing change. I think we've talked we talked at length about this at the time, yeah. but this is just a, a huge change in terms of just um yeah yeah huge, like, huge, huge quality upgrade. of life quality yeah. of life for smaller servers in particular so huge upgrade and i think that without this they could not do the crafting stuff that they're doing in dragonflight yeah yeah i agree i agree um 
Well, cool. So I guess let us sort of now in chronological order sort of talk a little bit about Dragonflight coming up. So like we started at the top of the show, Dragonflight is launching um, tomorrow or today if you're listening to this when it releases on YouTube slash uh, podcast audio version goes up. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest thing or sorry, not the biggest thing, but one of the things that Blizzard got ahead of is, a you know, a lot of things are going to be disabled. A lot of weekly reset items will be disabled, um, until your weekly reset. So while the expansion launches, you know, it's, you know, I think it's 6 PM Eastern during the U S on Monday evening, it's midnight, you know, UTC in Europe. Um, a lot of things will not be available. Uh, like weekly things will not be available until your reset. So that's Tuesday yeah. at 11 and NA Wednesday uh, for, for EU. So like things like mythic dungeons aren't going to be open. Um, a bunch of your weekly quests, um, weekly, weekly PVP quests, any of your weekly per, uh, professions quests that are coming um, into Dragonflight, things like that will not be available until reset, which is good. It means you don't have to like sprint and get an extra resets worth yep. of, you know, quests or mythic zeros in. There's no pressure. Um, um that's exactly. nice this is kind of how we assumed it would work it was supposed to work like this in shadowlands but they missed some right. things um uh they also turned off great vault um you will not get any great great vault rewards for stuff done this week um uh-huh. so you're not you know gonna log in on tuesday and get an eye level you know 370 you know or 411 whatever item from your great vault there's just no rewards at all for right. stuff done this week um, which is honestly a perfectly acceptable approach. Like if this prevents the stuff where people were getting like high eye level stuff from their first great vault in Shadowlands or the first Mythic Plus box in BFA, like yep. good. Like yep. you don't need the gear at this point. It's hey, worse hey. than questing gear in the late <laughs> end of the Dragonflight leveling process. It's it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's nothing but I think uh I think we always expected it, but Blizzard came out and sort of announced it, which was which was nice. So no reason to to sprint to level. Um the other thing too this week that came in with a bunch of resets that'll be live for Dragonflight launch is a couple of monk changes. Um I'll start with the Mistweaver ones. Um in general, Mistweaver received a bunch of damage increases. So uh some solid damage increases to Tiger Palm, Rising Sun Kick, Spinning Cray Kick, and even Blackout Kick which I think is good. Um, so our single target damage definitely goes up. Blackout kick slightly increased, so a little bit more AoE, um, which is nice. But the actual bigger set of changes comes from the fact that Awakened Feline now does more healing to less allies. So it's now 50% uh, of the damage done, up from 25%, which is, is a massive increase, to three targets, down from five. So you lose sort of um, some targets there, but you do additional healing to those three that you'll hit. Uh, which is probably the largest, you know, increase here. Um, and then they also fixed an issue with copied blackout kicks, which is hilarious because that has been an issue every time they make changes to blackout kick. They always forget <laughs> the fact that the copied blackout kicks are a different spell ID and not on our yeah. typically they're not on our aura. Um, yeah, yeah, we found out that that was a big issue actually in Legion that we found was that the blackout kick copies were doing, I think, like twenty percent less damage for most of the expansion because it missed the initial buff. That came in yeah. early on. Um, but yeah, so solid single target buffs to, to Miss Weaver, which, you know, people always say Miss Weaver does no damage. Disagree wholeheartedly, but now we got damage buffs because I guess people complained about it. Um, yeah. I so mean, to be fair, no damage is really extreme, but the damage was on the low side compared to other healers. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the, the death of 
Miss Weaver that most people yeah. like to, to talk about. So uh, speaking of the, the death of monks, uh, <laughs> we got brewmaster changes. So the first thing we got this week is a set of uh, set of nerfs to our damage. Um, in particular, Storm Stout's last keg got a uh, 30% reduction to its damage. Uh, that's multiplicative. So it went from 30% increased keg smash damage to 20% increased keg smash damage. Uh, it is still extremely good talent. You will still take it pretty much all the time. Um, it is now slightly less mandatory. Uh, but honestly, just having a second charge of Kick Smash is very good. Um, and then Charged Passions. Uh, ate a 50% nerf. Yikes. It went from 100% to 50%. Um, and I think the reason for this is primarily two things. One, Brewmaster Damage was just still really high. Um, uh-huh. and two charred passions was a big contributor to that. And it was actually so good that it was pushing out other options in the tree. Like if you didn't work with charred passions, basically it wasn't worth considering. Uh-huh. Um, which basically just means like black co- blackout combo is dead in the water. Um, a bunch of the tiger palm related talents just don't functionally exist because mm-hmm. charred passions was too good. Um, so I think that's why they did it. The problem is, Damage was really the only thing that Brewmaster had going for it. Like, gotcha. Brewmaster did a ton of damage. Just a ton of damage. Um, and so by hitting it so hard with, like, this is probably a 10% damage nerf. These two things. Um, yeah. By hitting it so hard, it's uh, kind of cutting into that one thing that Brewmaster really had going for it. Um so initially, like looking at this, things were looking pretty grim. But, but, and this is important, if you stop listening, start listening again, we got a bunch of undocumented changes. Um, so we've, I first found out about these, somebody was linking an Equinox tweet, which was like probably the least useful way to ever report a change, like posting like spell <laughs> numbers. It's like, I'm sorry, but that's meaningless. So we had to get on into verification properly by checking the AP ratios and stuff. Yeah. Um, but we got we got three buffs. So we got uh, Gift of the Ox Healing increased by 60%. Uh, so this counteracts the 40% increase to our HP, which then reduces the f- spawn rate of Gift of the Ox by 40%. So <laughs> this is like, this is actually more than compens- compensatory for that. Um we got Celestial Brew, uh, got buffed by 40%, so it's exactly in line with the HP stuff. Um, and then Pretense of Instability, actually, uh, which was 10% dodge for three seconds after you use Purifying Brew or Celestial Brew. That got changed to 15% dodge for five seconds. It's actually a really huge buff and takes the talent from being kind of worthless Right, right, right. To being actually pretty good. Like the dodge has way, way higher uptime now. It actually gets oh, nice. close to um, like our purifying brew cast cadence is around seven to eight seconds you cast purifying brew. So now this buff went from being under 50% uptime. And honestly, like because of the short duration, um, the uptime number is deceptive. And it was very easy to just have it do nothing because you happen to not get auto attacked in that three seconds right. um, or only get auto attacked once severely reducing its value uh bumping it to five makes it way more reliable it's up well over 50 percent of the time now and the dodge buff that it gives you is you know better mm-hmm. um so that helps um brewmaster still has some issues 
uh, specifically with regards to magic damage. Um, and actually, the one that I'm way more concerned about related to Dragonflight launch, which is stagger scaling. Uh, this was an issue in Shadowlands as well. Like in BFA, stagger was actually just so good. So, so like the numbers on it were so high. Mm-hmm. Even though we had stagger scaling in BFA, it didn't matter. Right. Um, it just did not matter at all. Um, but in Shadowlands, you know, after they nerfed stagger in literally every patch of BFA, and then again in Shadowlands uh, pre patch, uh, it finally reached the point that stagger scaling started to matter. Um, yeah. So then the issue you run into is that it actually scales so hard off of agility that brewmaster is barely functional until you get gear <laughs> in the first patch because you're going up you know if you're in questing greens the the difference between questing greens and normal raid eye level gear is like 60 or 70 item levels mm-hmm. um the difference between mythic zero gear and heroic gear is like 40 item levels uh or 30 item levels whereas for a typical like patch 9.0 to 9.1 or 10.0 to 10.1 is going to be more like you're looking at uh 15 to 20 item level or 15 to 30 item levels of change at at most like it's way way smaller um and the the kind of like numbers for stagger tend to be a little bit inflationary from from tier to tier like your stagger number in practice goes up very slightly by like a couple percent every tier uh so it's actually even less than that in practice uh, in order to get equivalent levels of stagger um, in the second tier of an expansion yeah. compared to the first. Which basically just means that if you're playing Brewmaster, the first tier of this expansion, you need to hard grind agility. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't, basically what I'm saying is like, you don't have to, you obviously don't have to, but what I'm saying effectively is if you're playing Brewmaster, and it feels bad if you feel squishy in particular against physical damage. Check your eye level. Yeah, you just like, see more eye level, yeah. Do not drop item level for anything. On any item that has agility on it, do not drop item level for anything. <laughs> I do not care if your lower eye level item like has stats on it. I don't actually it it probably is even incorrect to drop too much item level to turn on your four piece your tier set yeah like item level is going to be so important (laughs) that's hilarious that um this first tier like you uh, because i have very vivid memories of this i was asking kiov in 9.0 like why it felt so bad like my brewmaster just felt really squishy i was asking her about it and she was like yeah it felt really bad for me too until i ground 13 eye levels and keys (laughs) (laughs) and then it felt good and it was yeah. like, oh, okay, I can do that. <laughs> now it's all better, yeah, yeah. Um, and so that's my big thing. Um, but yeah, so uh, exciting. Um, we are just about out of time, but I did want to touch on. Uh, we mentioned this a little bit earlier. Leveling, um, yeah. Obviously, like that's what happens tomorrow uh, when the expansion releases. What are what are you guys doing for leveling? Uh, I mean, for every expansion, it's always the same. It's like sort of a free for all. So like, if you want to level yeah. in a group, it's sort of like, you know, put together a group and, and sort of when people can play play. I think the only thing we have is sort of like, just make sure you get your mythic zeros done week one. So like, yeah. and it's, and it's always like, ask for help if you need it. So like, we typically yeah. have probably like, probably like two to three people that will run mythic, mythic zeros on multiple characters or have multiple characters leveled or just yeah. 
run them just to help the guild. Like we have a druid yeah. that I think is responsible for getting most of our raiders at least one fifteen <laughs> done. Um, yeah. Every patch cycle uh, for the first like three or four weeks of it, just to make sure you at least get that one vault yeah. um, piece. So yeah, I mean we're we're pretty lax about it. I personally, I have a I have a friend or a buddy that we've leveled together the past like three expansion launches. So him and I will probably yeah. get on. I won't unfortunately. I will not be on right at launch. So I won't get on till about seven ish at the earliest. I'll say yeah. about an hour after it launches in my region. Um, Cause I have, I have family stuff to do, unfortunately uh, uh, this time. Um, but yeah, no, it'll be pretty lax. Hope the goal for me at least is to actually make it to 70 before we go to bed Tuesday or sorry, Monday okay. night. Um, since I think most people are saying it's about if you focus and push like a five to six hour type thing. So yeah. I'll get yeah. as close as I can probably not stay up too late maybe like midnight yeah. 1 a.m at the latest and then come back the next day yeah uh people's prep for it in my guild has been very different this expansion because we have somebody in the guild that is actually like a speed leveling person oh, okay cool cool um so they have a route um and they've shared their route and so a bunch of people have done prep to do the route and oh nice i'm over here like yeah i'm gonna log in and level solo <laughs> um they have groups that they're gonna do together they're gonna do the route um Mm -hmm. and uh they're gonna like level fast and be level 70 and it's gonna be great and like you know good for them um we don't have anything organized like i'm i'm leveling solo i'm gonna go through i'm gonna take my time i don't have to be level 70 until um you know by the end of the first reset basically in order to get my mythic zero runs in that's awesome Um, I do want to get, like, I play a tank, I want multiple characters ready. So I'm probably leveling my Monk first, then my Death Knight, then my Paladin. Mm-hmm. Um, and ideally, I get all three to 70 in the first week and get Mythic Zeros on all three. That's a tall order, uh, honestly. Yeah. Because I'm not taking time off work for it. So that may not happen, but I'll definitely get, like, at least the the Monk and the DK, I think. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Very yeah, that was. I mean, my plan is to at least get the monk up, get my mythic zeros done there, and then depending on where we are at the week, start my druids. I think druid is going to be my second, second class because I really want to try and maintain a an alt this this time through. So we'll see, yeah. we'll see. So yeah, um, cool. cool. I think that's. I mean, goodbye Shadowlands. I guess. Um, I mean, there were definitely it's some over. some low, low lights. Oh, I actually have one more thing. Okay. I'm not logging back in until Dragonflight launches, but I would not if I were if I were on a big server, which I am. Yep. Uh, I would not log out in, either in Oribos, in Orgrimmar, <laughs> or at the Zeppelin Tower oh, for no. the boat of the new expansion. Yeah. Because that's, that's going to be like that's the most likely place you're going to run into like chain disconnects and not be able to get in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually logged out over in the Barrens, um, which is, you know, a short, like, minute-long flight from the Zeppelin Tower, but it's a t- completely different zone, which means that I should be able to zone in. Um, and if things are crazy, then I can get, we can do, like, realm hopping stuff to get ported over to, you know, a dead server, like Terralian. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, so I'm probably going to, I don't know, there's a there's a bridge between the Barrens and uh, Duratar. Yeah. Uh, that you cross over, then there's a there's a um, watchtower whatever right there. I think all yeah. my alts are are there at this point. I just got to move my monk over there. So that that'll yeah. be where I log in at basically. There's um, a um, 
there's a flight path at the very north end of the Barrens that I parked mine at because it also has a hearthstone, so it's instant logout. Um, oh, nice. Very convenient. Uh, so I parked there. Uh, and then my mage, which is Alliance, I just flew down to like the coast of Westfall and just like logged out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is a that is a good tip. Yeah. Definitely don't want to be in any super heavily populated area for sure. So yeah. Yeah. Uh but yeah. Uh that I think is gonna be it for the show today. Uh thank you all for watching and or listening. Uh Shadowlands is how to run, that's for sure. <laughs> That's for sure. I think next week we'll probably talk about anything but Shadowlands or or Dragonflight, right? It'll probably be we'll we'll probably just rehash some more Shadowlands stuff. I would assume, right? Yeah. That'll be the maybe. Yeah, no, we just talk not. about Shadowlands. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Good uh, riddance done. This place. No more Maw talk. No more Torghast. We just get uh, fun things now. We get to talk uh, about I'm, dragon riding. All that. At fun some stuff. point, I want to talk about Steve Denizer, uh, the interview with Noble, and how he doubled down on the jailer stuff and how fucking mad that made me honestly <laughs> but that is not the topic for today um awesome and yeah that's it for the show i think actually both me and anomaly are going to be working on updates to the discord today so yes, if Mr. you want to support the show and the work like that that we're doing um you can do that over on our patreon at patreon.com slash and come join the discord I'm going to be working on the brew resources uh, section for uh, brewmasters with tips for things like what build should you play while leveling or doing mythic zeros? What should your gearing priorities be? Hint, it should be agility. (laughs) And uh, what should your initial look for raid talents be? And things like that. Uh, Anomaly, I'm assuming, is going to be doing some pretty similar things with the Mistweaver resources that uh, also are in need of updating. Awesome. Yep. Correct. I will be all over that Mystery Resources section. So, but uh, yeah, that is it for the show. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you in Dragonflight. Bye.